0: Now entering Nerdist.com.
1: Hey, we've got a bunch of live Nerdist writers panels coming up, and I hope you'll come out and support me and the writers and 826LA. The first one for which tickets are already available is August 23rd at Meltdown uh, with Mark Guggenheim, co-creator of Arrow. Uh, He's writing a bunch of comics right now, but he's a great dude. Corinne Marshall, who created KC Undercover. She's also worked on a bunch of sitcoms. Laura Valdivia, who is hilarious, worked on Ben and Kate, worked on Weird Loners. And our old pal, Evan Blyweiss, who is on Matador Vampire Diaries, started out on The Shield. He's got great stories to tell. So go to the uh, Nerd Melt calendar and get your tickets for that. Also, we're doing a special event in Boston on August 31st. Uh, at Brookline Booksmith with Joe Hill, who has been on my wish list for a long time. He's a great writer, great comics writer, great novelist, great short story writer. Uh, So come see me and Joe Hill at Benefits 826 Boston. Tickets are only 5 bucks, uh, and I think uh, Joe will uh, be a great guest. To find out about all of these, here's what you do. Follow me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker. That's your best bet. Uh, I also started a Tumblr for the Nerdist Writers Panel. It goes like this, writerspanel.tumblr.com, writerspanel.tumblr.com. Follow it, I will update sporadically about these live things, uh, and we'll have them all listed there with links to tickets as they come up, but we're going to do two more in September, definitely maybe three more, uh, some in October, uh, and then a whole bunch of New York panels as well in October, so you don't want to miss any of those. They're going to be a lot of fun. As ever, thank you for listening. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel and it's hosted by Ben Blacker where he gets a bunch of writers and he asks them lots of questions and
2: it's starting now so this will be the end of the theme. Okay. Guys, um, I'm so excited. I'm so honored to present Ben Blacker who is just an all-around, a lovely person. He runs these writers panels. We've got some of the top tier talent that's out there. He's going to introduce them to you today. Uh, stay with us, despite my cracking voice. Here he is. Put your hands together for Ben Blacker. Don't, don't,
1: don't worry about it. You guys. Can we bring the house lights down a little bit? It's a little. Do you want to chat? Let's have a chat for a minute.
2: Let's have a chat. Let's How's have a chat. Um, I'm throwing a festival and I'm losing my voice.
1: All right, so you don't want to chat for a minute?
2: Oh, I want to chat forever. I wanted to ask, um, how did you get into this?
1: Into this festival, it was easy.
2: Oh yeah, no, it was really easy. I yeah, yeah, you guys were giving
1: away tickets. Pretty
2: literally, literally, there's free beer all day. Um, no, how did you, how did you start doing this? This writer's panel. I think this is so cool. Asked.
1: I'm glad you asked. Um, it didn't exist. Uh, that that's the short of it. Is uh, I I was you know breaking in as a writer, and I love talking about process and I love hearing about process in business. Uh, and if it had existed, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, I would have just downloaded it and listened to it. <laughs> so. It didn't, so I had to start it. And I had uh, my writing partner and I had been working with 826LA, the National Nonprofit Tutoring Program, for a little bit on some other projects. And I thought, these go together well, uh, and it makes it a much easier ask of some of the higher-profile writers I knew that I could say, this is for charity, this is for the people who want to learn from you, can you come out and do this? And uh, it just started rolling from there. We've, we've had man over 200 episodes now and I think the writers love doing it because it's so rare when you are a TV writer to get to talk to TV writers from other shows yeah. so when we do these panels They would be able to compare notes and talk about people they had worked with, and a series of dinners came out of them for a while where we'd all just hang out and not talk on microphones. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but it's it's been really cool. Mm. But, yeah, that that was the origin.
2: Nice. What is... uh, You said I had three questions. What is one of your favorite experiences that you've had or one of the, the best things you've learned at one of these events? One of your panels.
1: Um... One of the best experiences I had was going to talk to Vince Gilligan for the first time. Um, He had done one of the live panels, and he was so charming and so much fun. And Breaking Bad was sort of just breaking at the time. And um, I thought, I really want to dig deep with this guy. Um, And I had not really done many of these one-on-one interviews, but he was so game and uh, his assistants, uh, one, one who's a writer for him now on Better Call Saul, were so supportive and so nice. And were like, listen, he's glad to do this. He's only got like 45 minutes, uh, but come to the office. So I drove deep into Burbank and sat down uh, very early and chatted. And we wound up talking for about an hour and a half. Uh, and it was just... He was, I, I think I learned a lot about the persona of the showrunner from that, where you don't have to be a monster. You don't have <laughs> to be an egomaniac, because he's so generous uh, with, obviously, his time and his talent, but giving credit to his staff and to the people who work with him, uh, it was, that, was really, that was really impressive. The best thing I learned uh, was about pitching a TV show, and came from Hart Hanson, who created Bones, Who Hart is Canadian and a lovely, lovely man, as most Canadians are. And he said, when you're pitching a show, it should be as simple, uh, so simple that a little old lady living in a trailer in Nova Scotia can describe it. So when he was pitching Bones, he imagined this little old lady saying, I want to watch the show about the lady who solves mysteries by looking at skeletons. And we had on that same panel a writer from Terra Nova, the the debacle that was Terra Nova uh, about dinosaurs and time travel. And we we asked Hart if he could do that with Terra Nova. And he said, I want to watch the show about the family and time and dino... What's the one about the lady who solves mysteries by looking at skeletons? (laughs) Uh, And it's really great advice. It's just you know keep the the concept simple. People respond to a simple concept and great characters, and that that has helped over the years for sure.
2: What is uh what is your favorite character fiction or otherwise you've encountered? (laughs) And no, no, I'm sorry. This is a bad question. It's a bad question. What's your um? No, no. Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist. I hate you. Um, how do I want to phrase this? How do I want to phrase this? No, no, no. Um, I'm talking about character in general, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm into you,
1: Darth Vader these days. I won't Darth Darth lie to you. Vader's I'm the, into Darth Vader.
2: Personally? Professionally? <laughs> A little of each. Sexually? Okay. <laughs> whatever.
1: Whatever he's cool. got going.
2: Um,
1: the, I, have you, guys, are, are, are any of you comic book readers? I'm asking the podcast. <laughs> uh, people are going to yelling in their cars. Um... The Darth Vader comic from Marvel is really good, and it's like the Darth Vader you want to see. And he's he's out in the world and kicking ass and still scary. Uh, it's really cool. Okay, I actually am into Darth Vader these days.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: That's um, all the time we have. That's for me. all
2: the time we have for me. I fucked it up with that character question. I'm sorry. Maybe this gets bleeped. Okay. Without further ado, people you actually care about. Thanks. If you want.
1: We can do this for an hour. Get out of here. Guys, uh, thank you for for being here. As I said, I I started this because I love having these conversations and I love learning from people who are doing it. And all of these people who you are about to meet are doing it really well. Um, I guess, listen, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell them to all come up by themselves and uh, introduce themselves on the microphones so that way the podcast listener will know their voice when they come up. So please welcome all of these writers. (laughs) Yeah, come on up. Come on up. It's Ben Edlund, Jenny Klein. You know her and love her from Supernatural. Cheryl Houghton, Mickey Fisher, Aaron Ginsberg, America's Sweetheart, Ricky Lindholm, Patrick Schumacher, Tad Stone, find a chair, you guys. Uh, let's start here with Tad and uh, tell people your name, why they may know you, and what you are working on these days.
3: Okay, my name is Tad Stones. Uh, my big nostalgia hits, I created Chippendale Rescue Rangers Woo! and Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Uh, then went on to do a bunch of feature spin-offs like uh, Aladdin, Hercules, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Uh, then Disney said, hey, you know, we have a door that Closes. Why don't you get on the other side of it? Um, <laughs> so I tried that out. And uh, the highlight there was I did two Hellboy movies, the Hellboy animated movies. Mm-hmm. And currently I'm doing a, uh, as in show running, a Netflix original animated series. <clears throat> which evidently I'm not able to mention because of yeah, yeah. the sounds. Uh, no, based on children's books called The Kulapari, An Army of Frogs, which is frogs fighting scorpions and death and destruction (laughs) and happy and laughs it's a very strange series but uh we're interested in that and uh (laughs) still in development
1: with disney Junior. so the mouse is trying to get me back cool that's great patrick please
4: introduce yourself tell us about yourself hi uh my name is patrick schumacher my writing partner is justin halpern who couldn't be here today with us he and i uh co-created uh shit my dad says on cbs uh surviving jack on fox Hold your applause. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And uh, currently we are consulting producers on iZombie. Which I want to talk about, because that's an interesting thing for you guys to jump onto. Ricky. Hi,
5: I'm Ricky Lindholm, and I co-created Garfunkel and Oates with Kate Micucci, and another period with Natasha Leggero. Uh,
6: Hi there, I'm Aaron Ginsberg. Uh, I am currently supervising producer on The Hundred. Um, Before that, I did a bunch of uh, shows, The Good Guys and The Finder uh, and some Burn Notice here and there. (laughs) (laughs) And I also direct uh, The Thrilling Adventure Hour, written by Ben Blacker. The Nerdist's own Ben Blacker (laughs) and Ben Hacker. Yes, we're owned by Nerdist. (laughs) Correct. Why did you sign that contract?
7: Uh, Mickey... Hello, my name is Vicki Fisher. I am the creator of Extant, uh, a sci-fi show. Thank you, thank you. Uh, On CBS, uh, starring Halle Berry, where we just started up our second season.
1: Very good.
8: Hi, I'm I'm Cheryl Houghton. I co-created the CBS show Numbers. And and, uh, we're just currently developing new stuff.
0: (laughs) Hello, I'm Jenny Klein. I'm a writer on Supernatural on The CW. A supernatural
9: related show um and yeah hey. hi i'm uh, ben edland i uh, created the tick um i was uh, recently on gotham i was on supernatural for a long time i wrote on firefly and angel um i'm on a show called powers now um on the sony playstation
1: you, you finally found your niche. Man. I love
9: coming out of a, a box like that um, that you could yeah, conceivably do other things with. I like the idea All of, sudden, of a, an appliance-based television show. Is my, I think that's pretty hot.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I actually do want to talk about Powers in a minute, but as I said to Patrick, I want to come over here first. Uh, so you guys, uh, you and your partner are very funny, uh, have written a number of comedy uh, shows, And now you're on iZombie, which is an hour-long show that is, there's a lightness to it. Um, But what brought you to the show, and what is appealing to you about this show? Where do you guys fit into it?
4: Um, So it it came about uh, simply because uh, my writing partner is friendly with uh, the showrunner, Rob Thomas, who uh, also created Veronica Mars uh, and Party Down. And he and Rob have kind of a had developed like a Twitter friendship, that sort of thing. And Rob and Diane Ruggiero, the other co creator of the show, were looking for, I guess, a little bit more levity this season. And uh, Rob thought uh, we had a pilot at CBS uh, with a stand up, Tommy John again, ended up not going. And as soon as that happened, Rob. Uh, got us on a Skype with uh, him and Diane, and said, uh, "You know, would you guys have any interest in in uh, coming in like three days a week and uh, primarily, I guess, doing doing punch up and that sort of thing?" But oh, I mean, really? uh, that was, I guess, the original intent or the original appeal for Rob and Diane uh, to bring in comedy writers specifically to do that. I mean, we're we're there three days a week, so we are in the room with everybody else. Breaking the stories, attempting to pitch dramatic story beats <laughs> as well as we can, having never done it before. Uh, we told Rob and Diane, um, we have never done this before. So, uh, you never know, hopefully that. we are contributing in that way. What but about we, the
5: last episode of Shit My Dad Says? There was a dramatic turn. There was a
4: big cliffhanger to that, yeah. and apparently CBS did not think that they were on the edge of their seats enough um, to warrant a second season. Did my find fault. out what my the dad fault. says? Uh, well, the dad said a lot of st- a lot of shit every oh, every week. That was the promise of the premise then. But yeah, Ricky. I, Lind- I have the box set. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> R- Ricky guest starred in our uh, what became our series finale. So I killed their show. Yeah, yeah. She killed <laughs> Sorry, show. show killer Ricky Lindholm. Uh, while we're on the
1: subject of um, Ricky Lindholm, Ricky <laughs> Rick Lindholm show killer. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: uh, another period Pilot is so great.
5: Thank you. I told you this
1: privately, and I'm telling you publicly.
5: Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you like it. It's such a weird show that I'm happy that people have, well, some people have found it. Well, that's... It's, but it's I, that's, all, like, smart people I respect, so...
2: That's nice.
1: Cool. Well, this is what I want to talk about. It is a weird, specific show. Like, this only could have come from you and Natasha. <laughs> that's true. Um, tell me about pitching this show and creating this show. Where did it come from? What's wrong with you?
5: Okay, so Natasha had gone to Newport and saw the house tours and learned about 1902 Newport, like the golden age of Newport, and... She came back, and she's like, I want to make a show. Let's make something. And she had two ideas, a reality show about the dumbest people on earth or a drama set in 1902 in Newport. And I was like, well, we should combine those. I said that over a lot of wine. And then by the next morning, we're like, I think we really want to do that. And so we made a short and then took it out to all the networks. Everyone passed. So we, made, we wrote the script and a Bible for the whole show. And then took it out wow. again. We met up with Red Hour, and Debbie Leibling took it out for us, and then we sold it. So, so you you awesome. actually went
1: back to the same places you had pitched before? Totally, and it worked. That's, you're <laughs> always told not to do that, though.
9: That's yeah, really that's what
5: everyone said, and we ignored them. That's so. You, invented, that's you what,
9: invented the teaser yeah. pitch. Yeah. The what? The teaser pitch.
5: We did, it's yeah. The, it's a
9: whole new form. We teed it
5: up, yeah. I mean, yeah. Kate and I sold Garfunkel and because we emailed an exec and said, can we take you out to dinner and pitch a show? and then he bought it and then the next day all our agents were like that's not how it works and we're like you mean congrats? (laughs) (laughs)
2: They're
5: like that's not the protocol I'm like oh bummer I'm still gonna do it (laughs) I I
2: think
1: and I'm curious to hear from some of you guys who are developing your own stuff or have developed your own stuff like this seems to be the way things are going The, the world is changing And, you know, we as writers have more access to executives, potential buyers, than we ever had. Have have any of you guys had this experience where it's a much smaller process than maybe it used to be? Well, I, I,
7: I wrote a spec, and I didn't know a single person, really. You know, so I got about as small as it could possibly get, writing it in a corner of Starbucks in Orange County, um, and uh, and then entered a contest. You know, like sort of doing these hail marys of of, of sending out my my. Um, my script because I didn't really know anybody to pass it on to. And these were
1: just sweepstakes contests. These yeah, sweepstakes.
7: <laughs> no, contest. totally. Like whatever I could get my hands on, you know. Just like bingo, I would go and you know, put it out. Uh, but but it finally it finally paid off and and it got me in in a way and and not only got me through the door but it also got the script through in a way that it stayed fairly intact. We were just talking about this right before we came on that I think writing it on my own and and developing it myself and then coming up with kind of a series overview allowed it to stay largely intact through that that process.
1: What about the rest of you guys? uh, What has pitching been like? I mean, Tad, I know you've developed and created a number of shows. You've worked with a number of different outlets and now you're working with uh, Netflix. How is the process different or is it?
3: Well, I was brought onto the Netflix show so it was a you know kind of a headhunting situation and at the start it wasn't Netflix but they are I've not had a meeting with them but they evidently are the most mysterious people in the world <laughs> I was like so how much money to make
2: <laughs>
3: a lot of chuckling a lot of it's kind of like having a meeting with the shadow or something the uh and it's it's just like saying well and when do we see money <laughs> uh So I don't get that one at all. But when I was at Disney, they basically owned my soul for, you know, 30 years. And the good point was, I mean, I was in the world of no residuals. I was still paid well for, you know, being on staff. Uh, And the nice thing is I wasn't worried about where I was going. So pitching was just, what's a cool idea? Or, Or, you know, Greg Wiseman was working on a show, Gargoyles, and I sat in with him. And, you know, hey, what if you go on this direction or something uh, so that was great, I mean, as far as the creativity, but every situation was different I mean, Darkwing Duck was Jeffrey Katzenberg saying you guys did an episode of DuckTales called Double O Ducks, I love that title let's let's do that you know, as a show, develop it and I thought, it's just a spy parody, that doesn't sound and this is way before Austin Powers it's, it just sounds boring, it doesn't have heart, doesn't have family to it, you know, where's What's, where's the interest? But I dutifully went through it and came up with the Q character and the various James Bond-type you know, things, showed it to Jeffrey, and he said, this doesn't have any heart. This is just a parody. There's no characters here. And for that split second, I thought, yes, me and the boss are in sync. And then he said, now do it again. And that's what I should have done the first time in any pitch is to – Throw out the standard stuff. Don't If you think it's standard or, oh, they're going to want this, don't do that. Do what makes you excited. And with Darkwing, I went toward Pulps and Shadow and Green Hornet and then Silver Age Superheroes, pitched it again. And frankly, it didn't go until we added the young character, his daughter, Goslin, And that was basically, what if Batman had to raise a little girl who refused to stay at home? Hmm. Uh, so in that term, it was still much like today I think it's still the idea that counts whether you get it out there in a in a you know in a podcast or a blog or whatever you know I know when I'm hiring artists for instance I look to the internet it's easier and make yourself easy to find and if I'm looking for writing samples I assume it would be the same thing so uh, that's how it's changed basically is that I'm in a position for a look for people, and that's the first thing I go to.
1: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and Cheryl, I wanted to talk to you as well. You've had sort of an interesting development on this new new material. You want to talk about that for a minute?
8: Yeah, we. Um, this is the first time that we haven't we have a piece that we're doing that we just haven't had to pitch at all. Um, the stu- yeah, the st- a studio called us in and they said, "Let us show you a couple ideas." And one had this great title, and off, I think we almost committed off the title, because the title was Bullet and Brain. <laughs> yeah.
9: That's good. I, I loved it. <laughs>
8: and it was an adaptation of this crazy Korean action movie that was like comedy, but weird violence, and all this, is was great. Um, and then they said to us, and, and it has the director, um, Dean Parasot attached, who was, did Galaxy Quest, and we yeah. love him, and he has great vision and great ideas, and then they said, "Well, why don't we? You just write it, rather than take it out and pitch it. Just write it, and we'll you know pay you to write it." And they said, "You don't mind doing that? Are you? Does that upset you the idea that you don't have to sell it to a network first? And I was like, "Any time I don't have to pitch is a time I'm not like pounding my ha- hand with a hammer." So that's how we. So we we're not. Yeah, we're doing this for a very small group of people. Basically, we're doing it for the director. And one producer in us. And that's how it's going to get packaged and go out.
1: Thank you. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about, uh, we were talking about Darkwing Duck a moment ago. And uh, parody can be difficult. Uh, as as Tad said, you know, it could wind up to be something that is just parody. Uh, and Darkwing Duck and The Tick. True pull from a lot of the same sources but are very different animals yes so to speak uh,
3: similar can, but different yeah can you yeah. talk about not that we couldn't do a crossover they, <laughs> they, they exactly. could very
1: easily live in the sim, in the same universe yeah but can you talk about the you know what went into the creation of this character i know we've talked about this before on the podcast as well but it's always uh-huh. interesting to me what went into this character and what of you Ben Edlund is in that character
9: um uh, uh, quite a bit i think uh, i for the perp- like that came from a very youthful period where I wasn't really asking questions like "Is it good?" Um, just I was like in a very honest. I mean, I was I was seventeen or eighteen when the creature kind of emerged. Um, but like, I'd say that uh, I mean, it's interesting to me. Like recently, I'm working on with Amazon, so it's kind of a two part. Uh, I can answer your prior question and this question in the same flow, which is like. I've been trying to recreate the tick for a live action um, like reboot yeah. kind of thing for Amazon. We're working to see if we can make it happen, and it seems like it might. But it's like it's very much this issue of you need a body of humanity, or you need what I, I like landmass. You actually got to care about everything. If you don't care, then you're kind of lost. And there's uh, an incarnation of the tick in the form of the prior live action, which had a lot of funny and a lot of beautiful things, but. You know, the building of a landmass of characters that you really, really want to see whether or not they succeed is a crucial thing. So parody can take you to a certain point, but if you want to revisit it on a weekly basis, you need this other thing. Um, Some kind of, yeah, humanity, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's what Uh, I'm saying. That that answers answers (laughs) all the questions. Um, I want to talk to uh, Jenny and Aaron at this time. Hmm? Uh, Jenny... You have worked your way up. Yes, uh, I I knew Jenny when I worked on Supernatural, and she yeah. was the writer's assistant. Yep, uh, and all of a sudden started getting a hand in some scripts and stuff. And yep. first of all, the best writer's assistant there ever was. Thank you.
0: That's I can 7. type 2. 115 words a minute.
1: Which, it's a hard job. Yeah,
0: maybe speaking. Um, um.
1: But but also like you were always writing for yourself. Oh, yeah. I, I imagine like, all the time. So when the shit when the time came to shift into being a paid writer on this show. Was there a mental shift that had to happen for you?
0: Um, you mean after I became a writer, like when, to, kind was, of it was, as it was like it taking was myself more seriously? I think where it was like T- tell okay, me about that. Like, um, well, it's like you get an office <laughs> and uh, and the responsibility of like, okay, the story's like in my hands for real. Like I'm making this up, and you, of course you run it by a lot of people, and there's the whole process, but yeah a sense of ownership and accomplishment and yeah as i busted ass for uh, like 5 5 years wow. and i've been writing the last 3 years and yeah. i mean luckily i've been on the show long enough for to live with it as it keeps living on, um, yeah. as the characters die. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been a really great run and I feel really grateful yeah, for it. I mean, obviously fun.
1: It, it had to be fairly easy for you to step in and you knew the voice of the show. You yeah. knew what works and what doesn't work. Yeah.
0: Like you're part of so many breaks as the writer's assistant, yeah. like where you're, cause you're helping break like all 23 episodes versus as like a writer, because on our show we do a lot of individual breaking we we of course collaborate and stuff but like you're like in the shit can we swear on this?
1: I guess so right. uh-huh. now we can yeah. thanks a lot <laughs> literally um, there's a password word named
0: Patrick's yeah. show <laughs> title I feel right. like yeah that's
1: right <laughs> <laughs> something his dad says it's internet. <laughs> um
0: yeah so but but I'm, I'm uh, curious to hear, role. you know,
1: even after having gone through all of that for so long, which is, I didn't realize it was five years. That's really impressive. Yeah,
0: PA, season three, and then the writer's assistant for seasons six through eight. Yeah. And I wrote my first episode in season seven.
1: Yeah. And then, so yeah. having gone through all that and knowing how the show works, when it's time to start presenting your own stories, how do you, yeah. What what is your voice? What are you bringing to the show? Or what is stuff that maybe we've even seen that you can say, that's part of me.
0: Um, well, I think because I, I have a like when I came out here, I wanted to write drama. You know, you're like I'm a writer and I'm gonna write serious <laughs> movies and stuff. And then I just fell in love with comedy. I did sketch comedy for six years at like UCB and Second yeah. City, and um, and after like five years or so, the troupe kind of dissolved. But I was able to combine like I have a really good sense of you know story structure and drama, and then. Mm-hmm. Supernatural is this great tone of humor meets horror meets emotional uh, trauma and um, just sort of combining all those things and I I have luckily been able to write a lot of fun episodes, fun standalones and sink my teeth into that and yeah it has jokes and it's a one hour with jokes it's great
1: absolutely and your, yeah, and your episodes honestly i will tune in when i see your episodes coming up <laughs> thank you they're, they're really good and and like you say the jokes get to stay uh yeah. And there's there's strong jokes there thank um you. yeah you guys are sort of having the reverse experience it's very interesting to me yeah
4: i was curious um as a as a writer's assistant were you allowed to uh pitch much in in the room prior to becoming a staff writer
0: I, like, before, when I, even when I was the PA, like, Kripke was pretty cool about letting us pitch story ideas. So I got a couple story credits as a PA and a writer's assistant. And then I just had to, like, kind of step up and be like, nobody's going to ask me to do this. And you just got to throw your name in the hat. And I worked really hard on my pitches and was like, I want to pitch these. And, and Sarah Gamble and Bob Singer... Um, Sarah's running the magicians now, and does Aquarius. She's awesome. She was like, "I love that idea. That teaser's sick." It was like a ballerina dancing her own legs off, right. bloody, <laughs> bloody stubs. And I got to write it. It was, yeah. But I, I made sure I had, it was pitching heat before I threw my arm. You
1: know. <laughs> That's great advice. Uh, and Aaron, you also have worked your way up, and you are. Finally, on a second season
6: of a show. Yeah, you were the show killer. It wasn't. It wasn't Ricky maybe. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you were a real show killer. Uh, but but tell me about. So you're working on the hundred. Yes. Is that? Am I saying that correctly? That is correct. Yes. Okay. You're working on the hundred, and um, which nobody knows what that is. And... Just wait for it. <laughs> no, no, this is a beloved show. Like, this has an intense audience. It's yes. also of a highly serialized show. Very serialized, yeah. It's, well, are it's you fast. able to have a... Vo- like, you don't get to do these one-off episodes like Jenny's talking about. Are you able to have a voice? What's the stuff that is you on this show?
6: Well, the way that it works on our show, I mean, the, the show has a very distinct voice, and all of the writers are writing toward the, that voice. So, what we all sort of know what that is, and it definitely comes from the showrunner's brain. It's Jason Rothenberg, and it, so we're trying to bring his vision to life on this show. But I think the way that we contribute, and the way that we uh, get our own voice in there, is that he, you know, we are telling this like really intense, um, expanded world um, with tons of stories. It's really detailed. It's it's really world building, and we just are the ones that are making build that world. So. So some of the big twists and turns in the season come from writers in the room and, and you're shaping the story as a group. But like that's how you... That's, you know, we have a, a room where basically the best idea wins. So like everyone's trying to come up with the coolest, you know, best twist for every episode or, or some great season-long twist. And that's, that's how we find our voice in this show.
4: That makes sense. Yeah, we have uh, no I,
6: jokes. We have no jokes allowed on,
4: on the hundred. It's too dire and too depressing. I like that they name the show after the number of episodes that they expect to. Exactly, have. exactly. Justin and I are pitching syndication right oh, now. Oh, that's, uh, that's great! And
6: that explains all the other shows that I pitched have only been they've been pilot or one off. You know, we couldn't sell them. So. I'm pitching best show on Netflix
1: right now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I want to do a deep dive on process. So I'm sorry to you guys, but I'm genuinely (laughs) curious Uh, to hear from all of you. We know that when a show is up and running, it is a moving train, Uh, especially on a network show. But really on any show, once production starts, you are just catching up. Uh, I want to hear... Ricky, let's start with you. When you guys... You guys wrote all the episodes of another uh, period. Uh, well, is that correct?
5: Sort of. We Natasha and I were the sh- showrunners, which is, for people who listening who don't know, is basically the head writers. But they, you run the writer's room, and we had, um, let's see, two full-time writers with us oh, yeah, and yeah. the staff. And then uh, our director was on the writing staff as well. Like, he just came and did That's it. Right. He wrote a script. He wrote an amazing script. Oh, nice. And then we had a bunch of punch-up people for the last week, which made all the difference, I think. Because sure. we, you- we had 10 weeks to write 10 episodes. Oh, wow. wow. And oh it, was, my God. it was 1902, 12 characters. So <laughs> it was a lot. Natasha and I were, you know, just really trying to get the best out of everybody what was the
1: process like how did you guys break down the storylines because well, again it's is, a serialized show right. too. Well, this
5: is not a joke it, it, we started it on a Sunday because we did Sunday through Thursday because everyone's a comedian and so they all had to tour on the weekends and so we started <laughs> Saturday night I was calling friends going how do I showrun? Um, <laughs> oh I'm not even joking. Well, here's the good thing though: we had you this Bible, to this,
6: this uh, podcast. This yeah, good yeah. resource writers panel. And
5: literally, my friend goes, "Do you have a whiteboard?" And I was like, "Oh, I should get one of those." <laughs> and we just we didn't know what we were doing, and so but we had this Bible of the characters. We had you know 15 story ideas for every character because we were trying to sell the show. We had art. We made you know, and we sat on it for we, two years. We developed it before we started the writers' room, so it was. In, in just between Natasha and I just brainstorming and constantly writing we had this document of you know a hundred ideas <laughs> and so we we were we hit the ground running that's amazing and then we just but the first week we didn't tell anyone our ideas we just blues it because we're like let's let them top it like because yeah. we, we hired the best writers and we're like to say something better than what we have in here and then the second week we combined everything and then just started writing. That's unbelievable. It was awesome. Oh, we were so lucky. I can't believe they let us show run. <laughs> we had no experience. Like, what were we doing? And, and I was just like, I think Natasha and I should show run. And Comedy Central goes, okay. And we are like, uh, uh, um, cool. Yeah, that's what I, I, I thought. So, I mean, yeah.
1: you know, that's a huge thing, as, both as a performer and a writer, and then having worked on another show that you guys were not the showrunners of.
5: That's why I asked to show run. It was, the, it was the biggest mistake. You can't have your your name, your face... Unless you're friends with it, you have to know them before or have written with them before. They have to be the exact right person. If it's your comedy on a show, it has to be the right showrunner. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it.
6: Absolutely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now um, you know the secret. Yeah. It's a whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. It's a whiteboard, all you need is a whiteboard. And, and, you guys,
5: and note cards. Oh, that's true. So you're White, welcome. Whiteboard and note cards. No, that's, yeah. that's I crazy. know. We went, went all out. It was the big budget cable show. What is your budget on this show? I mean... Lower than anyone on this panel. But Wait, did you have computers
9: so, and legal pads? I, we <laughs> did. It was 1902. They had manual typewriters.
1: <laughs> uh, Cheryl, tell us about uh, left to your own devices. Uh, what is your writing process like?
8: You mean when we're just writing on our own? Yeah. Which we're doing. Or, or if
1: you're developing a, a pilot, developing. Even, which you sort of have a, a lot more time for.
8: Um, that's an interesting question. Well, we do a lot of research. And then we try to get out of our heads a bit and try, to do, and try to get away from the norms. And that's always hard to do. That's why I don't like to pitch anymore. If I can avoid pitching, because especially network pitching, they just want to hear certain things. They want to hear certain – they want to hear act breaks. They want to hear backstories. I think network pitching is just disastrous for the backstories. It makes us strap on all these characters. <laughs> It's yeah. like, and it's getting, it's just ludicrous. We I read want a, to know more about the, you know, that. Yeah, that, I read the, a pilot that's going this fall where two of the characters actually stop somewhere in the middle, and one of them says, So, who's your dead person? <laughs> and, and, and then they, and then they, they say, well, my, my family was killed in a car accident and I had to watch them die. And, and, she says, and what about your dead person? Awesome. Oh, my husband died of brain cancer. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's just an hour-long medical drama. But they have to stop and say that their doctors, because they had a close family member, die. And I just want – can't we have people do a – I mean, are you a – panel leader because a podcast killed a member of your family?
1: dead person? Yeah, yeah, my wife was hit by a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm going to take down all podcasts.
6: <laughs> <laughs> was it cereal?
8: Nice. It's just, I, and so it's not having doing. to go through that, trying to just create characters that are organically at a place in their life is what we're trying to do now. It's why we don't want to pitch. But you still have, well, we will pitch this year. And it's, and it's trying to find ways to not have to go through that and sell people anyway. Because, you know, we, I was talking to this person at Warner Brothers the other day and it was like, here's this basic idea we want to do. She goes, great, great. Sounds fantastic. What are the act breaks? And I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> it's just, just getting away from that's, that's We're writing the first, um, we're speccing the first piece of material we've specced in 20 years. Because we want to just, we try to, we want to try to revision a procedural with none of the usual things procedurals have. None of those backstories, none of those act breaks, none of those uh, uh, kids been kidnapped and buried in a box somewhere and you have a certain amount of time to get to them. Which used to be the way you sold uh, hour-long pitch at CBS, just bury somebody in a box.
1: <laughs>
8: I'm trying to get away from all that.
1: <laughs> so look for letters next fall. <laughs> you, must, you must have heard that one million times well,
8: there, we've heard it so many times people have said what are you going to do next You know, are you going to do ling- linguistics and I actually found a book that's about a crime solving linguist that's really funny but I'm, no I'm not going to do it <laughs>
1: let's do it <laughs> Let's all do it. This is the room. Yeah, that sounds great.
9: Episode one. Days Die
3: before <laughs>
1: E.
8: <laughs> Ricky, get That's your so good. <laughs> yeah. The crime was literally solved when the guy recognizes a certain kind of fricative. I, I know oh, who wouldn't that, that is Kamala stuff. A kind of what? Fricative. It's, it's, it's a. Uh, a little uh, a pre-verbal child witnesses a murder and that's the only witness and later the linguist recognizes the child is repeating a, a certain kind of sound and that only oh one other person in the circle of suspects makes, speaks with that sound
5: I think we should pitch this as an adult swim comedy <laughs> yeah. right 11 yeah. minutes is about the right length for this yeah. and it should be on at 1 in the morning and absurd
1: can we get Paul Sheer? <laughs> yes we can I think we can only get Paul Sheer. I'll tell
5: you right now yes we can um, Pat- no, I'm
1: just Patrick, you out. were you were nodding your head hearing these stories of pitching. Uh, has this been your experience as well? These kinds of questions that get in the way of the actual creative process or what the show could actually be.
4: Um, in terms of like like pitching it from the get go, like yeah. as a series. Um, well, when we come to CBS to pitch, we just say, "Hey, it's a show about blank." He's really good at his job, and then they say sold. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I I haven't had that particular experience with the uh, pitching. It's different in comedy, too. It, it is. It is. I, I think we've had we've had a pretty easygoing experience pitching. We've been lucky, um, and uh, uh, I think. Well, uh, I'll, I'll say the, the, the shows that we have pitched and had success pitching have either been based off of a property or have had some, uh, like this year we had a, a, a multicam family comedy um, based on the stand-up of this comedian uh, Tommy Johnigan, uh, and having him attached was kind of like, it was like, it was like bringing in the Terminator to pitch. Because it's, you know, pitching is essentially, pitching a comedy is essentially doing stand-up. And we had a guy who has been doing it for, like, 15 years, like, since he was a teenager. And, and then you just, you, you come in and kind of, like, watch him go. Yeah. Just tell us about your family. And then we, we sit back and collect the checks. <laughs> it's a good way to do it, you guys. It's a great way to do Get it. Get a comedian and, to and, do yourself. And uh, another example of this is uh, we, we had a, uh, we sold a show to ABC that, we ended up not shooting, but it was uh, based on a uh, memoir of um, this astronaut, uh, Chris Hadfield, uh, Canadian astronaut. He um, he commanded the International Space Station. I think he, his claim to like pop culture fame in the states, at least, is uh, there's a YouTube video of him singing. Uh, oh yeah. <clears throat> space, uh, oddity. space Oddity. Thank you, uh, with a, an acoustic guitar on the space station. They cut together, so he's in zero gravity covering David Bowie, and uh, and and we had him in the pitch with us. So again, it's just like you know, you walk in with an astronaut, and the network executives are like.
3: <laughs> so did they lean over and say, "Make him float"?
4: Yeah, 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 exactly.
9: He smells like orbital space. <laughs> So that's yeah, that, to that's to been our
4: experience is uh, yeah. team yourself up with somebody much cooler. Something than shiny for them to look yeah. at. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. What I I got to say, what I hate about pitching is, is you have to generalize about specifics that you don't know yet. Sure. It's like you've got kind of a feeling for your show and you have to find a way to describe it. And then if you succeed, that's when you find out that every executive heard something different. That there's kind of a... <laughs> You know, oh, but I thought you meant you know when you said bad, I thought it was the good bad, not the bad (laughs) bad. You know, Uh, on yet if you go through the process, it does force you to hone your idea to say that is the central, that's the heart of what I'm trying to get across. So
9: that's true. But there's a sort of a streamlining in that that I do think is starting to be pulled away. I think this like all these new like content areas are. Street, like I used to see pitching as like you you took an idea that was idiosyncratic and kind of personal and full of like stuff uh, people might love. <laughs> and then you roll it down a hill. And then all the like, Tinker Toy parts fall off and all these different things come off. You go, oh, that was just personal. And then it, at the end, it's kind of a lozenge-shaped thing that's exactly the right size for the throat of this sort of network distribution sort of <laughs> Yeah, behemoth. So that seems to be over, in a sense, to a degree. To a degree where yeah. you're actually like more inclined to do things like what we're... It's starting to change, the psychology changing a little bit, looking for more surgical demographics. Because yeah. that's I mean, the only I mean, way to I, go now. We've
1: seen that with several people here on this panel. Uh, totally. Alone, it's like another period would not be made exactly. five years ago. Yeah, that uh, comes the from these tiny particle.
9: Back. Yeah, this is like such small... Creator-consumer um, relationships building, smaller budgets maybe, or smaller like balloons of like awareness being built before the fact. Yeah. So it's really a meritocracy in a larger and greater sense. But like this anchors a new philosophy, I think, that you can take part in, or you can. I mean, it's it's still an important thing to be network kind of savvy and safe, because that's the multiple that's the maximum exposure you can get still. Right. So if you yeah. want to play the largest mainstream public canvas games, that's the, the field. But it's great to have these other things.
1: And you, you also, I mean, we're in such a strange time uh, where even the network, sometimes things can slip through. I mean, Mickey, this was your experience. Yeah. You wrote a script that meant something to you. And then they put it off. They're desperate
9: now. They're going. We have to be real now. We have to be idiosyncratic and have our own like yeah. yeah. And they're looking for you. Yeah, w- I'm still waiting for the
7: other shoe to drop. You know, like somebody's going to be like that never happened. You know, I'm going to wake up in a coma or something. And I'll, uh, I'll have been hit by the car on the way to the pits
9: or something like that. You know. And he zombies said, have taken know? over the world, Mickey. Exactly. Oh my God. And then I become a rogue zombie killer who's good at his job. <laughs> yeah, he's good at his job. <laughs> it's a dirty job, but he's, he's I'm damn his, good at it. Right? Revenging
8: his dead family. Exactly. (laughs) You know, WGN renewed for a second season Manhattan, a show that has fewer than two hundred and fifty thousand viewers. Wow!
1: This is a great show. You guys should watch Manhattan. It is a great
8: show, and they renewed it because they have to show their commitment to their original programming.
1: Ricky, you should watch Manhattan.
8: (laughs) (laughs) What is WGN, and then I will watch it. (laughs) I
1: really don't know. That's what what people don't know. They (laughs) call it weird.
5: There's
8: so many things; it's hard to find them. But I will watch it. It is. It's got a great cast of Broadway proven actors. It's wonderfully written. But it's some. It's about the Manhattan Project, Los Alamos, and as someone, oh, right, yeah, a studio executive pointed out to us, fewer people watch the show than were killed by the bombs. <laughs> oh my God! Oh,
9: my God. It's a dark, film. dark. Oh, that's, race, that's such a yeah. weird way to <laughs> to scheme out your market. <laughs>
7: <laughs> that's the
9: spin on Deadline. We're, right? we're, <laughs> we're going to reach a Dresden level soon, and that's what we're shooting for. <laughs> 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 we're gonna, we need <laughs> to
5: get Hiroshima numbers. Yeah, right. let's,
9: let's
6: get, gonna bump here. it up.
9: Then we're gonna then we're gonna one two punch him with Nagas.
2: <laughs>
1: well, I'm done.
6: <laughs> I thought
1: it was getting really funny. <laughs> hey, I was right there
9: with you.
5: I
1: want to very quickly hear from uh, Aaron and Jenny. Yes, uh, that's it. And, oh, maybe. Do we, is there a surprise in guest Army. in the audience? No. no. When when you guys are on Matt script, Matt Weiner. You know what? We're done. We, we've seen the show. We know no. how it ends. <laughs> uh, I want to hear when you guys are on script for your shows. What does your day look like? How much actual writing gets done? How much you in the room? How much producing is there? How, uh, like, break it down for me.
6: Oh, I'm not sure about you for me, it's it ends up. I work with a writing partner and and ideally, we would be writing the whole time, <laughs> but that doesn't seem to happen hardly at all. I feel like I, I end up getting about two hours of writing in a day. and then the rest of the time it's like putting out fires or helping figure out something or going to the room, or, or I don't know, it, it's not as much writing, and I love writing. Um, and oh, so but let me interrupt you for one second. Yeah,
1: on this panel, I just want to go down the line very quickly. Who loves writing? Uh, starting here with Ted. Uh,
4: once it, once I'm in it, I love it a lot. All right. Great. That's a good answer. Patrick? I'll give you the same answer I gave you last time, Ben. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I like being done, which is, like, I think, the standard answer. Yes. I like being done with writing. Yes.
5: Same. I hate it. hate it. hate it. I hate every second of it. I like it when it's finished. But that's it.
4: Right. Oh, Make no. It. I love it.
7: I love it. I'm happiest when that's when it's just me and Bad again. Oh, weirdos. Know. So I know. Yeah. I, knew
8: I There's you. nothing more painful than breaking story. Yeah. I love it, but it can be painful, but in a I good way. It.
9: Painful in a good way. Yeah. And Sweet I pain. think that idea of like once you're in it, it might like when it, like a junkie Taking a shower, they, <laughs> they hate water. But once you're in it, you might as well just uh, get the soap. Oh,
4: that's the best. You know,
1: ever. Ever. So oh, oh, accurate, ben, totally accurate. Uh, so, so Aaron, you were saying. So, how long do you have to turn around a script on, say, the hundred?
6: Oh man, that is a weird question for us. We. Theoretically, it should be five business days, but that that doesn't that is that not right? Is that what It's, it, it's never <laughs> that. No, <laughs> that's, that sounds very competent. No. Yeah. <laughs> the, our process is a lot longer than that because we we do many drafts before we end up sending it to anyone other than um, the creator. So we will we'll do a draft. He'll give us notes. We'll do another draft, and we'll keep going back and forth, honing it. Sometimes rebreaking it. It's a long process, and it. It, it forces us and it, it allows us to dig deeper, and that's what we keep trying to do on that show is just keep digging and digging and finding, like, getting past the the easy, you know, I don't want to say cliché, but, like, the first, you hit a scene and you, like, there's a first version of that scene. Uh, and we it, The first we,
9: stop off the bus.
6: Yeah, I mean, you can, and it's easy to write that scene because maybe you've seen it before or you've, it's just, like, and so we try to find you know like the fourth version we want to keep digging and digging and so oftentimes that takes longer than five days so we have right now we have multiple scripts that are in various stages of completion but like no one uh, no one in the studio or the the network has seen it yet because it hasn't hasn't passed the muster of what we think a hundred scripts should be so it's a it's un, but i've been on shows where it's used go away for five days and come back with a script yeah, i think jenny that's closer to your experience i imagine
0: Yeah, on Supernatural, we get, once our outline's approved, it's like a week and a half to two weeks, because it's it's a well-oiled machine at this point, so luxury of some time. (laughs) But I Mm -hmm. usually try to, I write it in like five days, I'll write every day, like, not the whole live long day and night, but... Yeah, how many
1: hours are you able to put in at a um, time?
0: Like, or minutes? like six, I'll be, you know, with lunch or whatever, but I sit down and do it, and then I... Like I try to write it in five days, and then I like to give it to the other writers, like to, to my friends and compatriots. I um, get notes back from them, and then I do another draft, and then I give it to the showrunner. So he's really reading, like you know, an improved version on my like word vomit, organized word vomit. Um,
6: but yeah, I, I try it's to a, hone it. A glamorous. <laughs> <topic>. Hone <Honing laughs> <to> vomit. <laughs> no. And we don't do outlines anymore, which is really oh, weird. Really. What? I Those know. are going That's out. Beautiful. So now, two, I yeah. very out- detailed outlines. What's yeah. <laughs> uh, CW. Um oh. I don't know how we got it! Uh, it's it's crazy though because I'm someone who loves outlines. Um, uh, I I work with a writing partner, so it helps to have a really good outline yeah, so that you can sure. like just split up scenes or storylines, and we know whatever how every scene will connect, and I don't have to worry about anything. And and when for this season, we gave up outlines. So we, we have like a story area that's about two or three pages of just kind of like, this is what we're going to do. And then we go right to script, basically.
7: Uh, so we had story area and the outline. And the. Oh, you know, yeah. A yeah. lot of round. Yeah.
8: CBS is never going to let you go with <laughs> <an>
7: outline.
8: <laughs> Natasha and I do like
5: 17 page outlines, I would say the average, for a 28 page script. Wow. wow. Uh, well, you know, wow. we, yeah. there's a lot going on. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people. Are
9: you, you describing to... the quality of the light?
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are 12 characters
1: uh, Alright, we are just about out of time but I want to uh, very quickly uh, I'm going to call on you and I want you to tell me what you are watching on television these days what are you excited about, what are you inspired by what are you talking about with your friends, your colleagues your room uh, also maybe if it applies uh, what comic books you are reading these days because we are at San Diego Comic Con starting here with Tad Stones
3: Oh, go to the other end Nope um,
1: because I used, I used de- to be a high school teacher, yeah, <laughs>
3: and that's why you're smiling while it is. Um, TV because I'm doing development now and showrunning that just doesn't leave a lot of time. Although, and usually we would binge watch Orange Is the New Black, but it's like that's lasting a long time. And uh, Grace and Frankie actually on on Netflix. My uh, real new company overlords. man. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, those are good answers. Yeah, and comics, uh, Hellboy always, and uh, I tend to dip more into graphic novels. Finally, got uh, for my birthday the huge hardback of Saga. So it's like, oh, nice. hmm. yeah, th- yeah. there's the temptation of all those trades are <laughs> out there waiting for me. I mean, but I but I'm enough of a geek that I want the books to match. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: um, and then uh, things like Anya's Ghost by Vera Brosgall is just a great uh, little thing. Um,
1: <laughs> that's it. So it's pretty random. That, no, that's, yeah. th- those are all great recommendations. That's fantastic. Okay. What are you watching on television these days? Are you reading comic books? What's, what, what are you putting into your brains? Uh, I Let's see. Um, I saw the unbreakable Kimmy
9: Miller not so long ago on Netflix. Kimmy oh. Schmidt. Oh, yeah, that's that right. Great. Kimmy Schmidt. My friend's name is Kim
1: Miller.
4: Yeah, uh, oh, wait, so, was this something else? Is she, yeah, is something she's
9: cool. She's quite self-reliant. Um, no, but that was cool. A broad, city a is, broad City is really fun. Um, yeah. uh, I got this lifelong fascination with America's Funniest Home Videos that always ranks as my number one. I just come back to the voyeurism and the People. splendid Americana of that show. I can't get, but, you know, um, Tom Bergeron's leaving this year.
8: Yeah, it's very so sad. sad. It's so our job is open.
9: Yeah, you could do a very good job with that. Not me. Uh, Oh, me? No. (laughs) I don't. I don't dress the
1: right way. It would get dark (laughs) so
9: fast. It would get a little odd. The Bob Saget (laughs) contained demonic energy would come back. You know, the working blue kind of intensity. No, I don't know. Exactly. Anyway, um, uh, comic books. I'm reading Powers now because I work on the show, and it's been around forever, and it's really good, and I really enjoy it. Brian Michael Bendis is excellent to work with, but um, really, he's. I've just started to get into his work. I know he's been around forever. Yeah. He has a big library of great stuff. Yeah, he's cool. like king of comics, but, you know, I had to meet him first otherwise. So anyway.
1: Good answers. Patrick, what are you
4: watching on television these days? Uh, Comedy-wise, I am watching Another Period. Mm-hmm. Thank Woo! you! Um, <laughs> uh, that's appointment TV for me. Uh, Inside Amy Schumer has been pretty solid this year, more than solid. It's been yeah. fantastic. Uh, also been watching Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah. Uh, Season 2 And then I'm digging back Into old episodes Of The Americans Trying to catch up With that I've heard Fantastic things About it And then um, Comics wise um, Also kind of Going back In time Even farther back To the mid 90's To a DC title Called Hitman That Garth Ennis Wrote it's fantastic. It's so good. Uh, everybody should check that out. It's uh, it's pretty darn funny, but it's just about a, a super powered hitman mm-hmm. um, that lives in Gotham City, um, and an offshoot of that uh, that they have just uh, turned into a new series or a mini series called All Star Section Eight. That's just about a team of like crazy, like horribly powered uh, <laughs> semi superheroes. They're all just nut nutbags. So. And that's all Garth Ennis. That's a really yeah. fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah.
1: great. Good. Jenny Klein.
0: Um, right now, I'm seriously loving Another Period. It is- Thank you. Oh, my God. You guys are so nice. Thank you. <laughs> it's that's so funny. Listening. watch it.
6: It's on
4: WGN. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: yeah it, is, it is really funny. Everyone should check it out. Um, also love Broad City and Louie. And um, drama-wise, I love Rectify and Sundance. And um, The Americans and Orphan Black. And uh, I'm reading oh, Saga's my favorite. And uh, into right. Pretty
5: Deadly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good stuff out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Ricky, what are you watching on television these days?
5: I watch so much TV, seriously. (laughs) But there's so many shows I love. I love Veep, I love Silicon Valley, I love Key & I like Broad City, I like Kimmy Schmidt. I like Nathan for you. I love Drunk History. Yes. I love The Good Wife. I love Louie. I love so many shows. I watch lots of TV. And yeah, I can't even. I know I'm missing like eight of my favorite shows. So. It,
1: it's alarming to me when we have people on this panel who make TV who don't watch TV. And I'm I glad all it. of you do.
5: My least favorite type of TV writer are the people who go, I don't even own a TV. <laughs> yeah. like, like, that's not good. That's go not good. Who does That's like yeah. a bus driver who doesn't have a license. You're like, you're not. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not reading. Any any comic books currently or in my oh. previous history as a person. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: that covers that. No, no. Oh, no. Cheryl, oh, what my, are you watching my, these my, days?
8: I also watch uh, like a ton of TV. Yeah. Um, a lot of what everyone on here makes. Um, I've never missed an episode, never missed a minute of Gotham. Huh? Um,
0: yeah.
8: Love Supernatural. I love all these shows. Uh, but I guess, I, what else? Sorry. I watch Amer- The Americans, which I think is a fascinating way to approach a procedural. Yeah. Um, I love Silicon Valley so much it's kinda of weird. Uh-huh. I'm a little disturbed. <laughs> Agreed. It's I, it. easy to love. I and I watch They're it. Just ag- so good. And I watch <laughs> it again and again and again every episode and I love what Alec Berg has to say about making it, how he hates when he's making it he's sure he's making the worst thing it's gonna embarrass everyone and be terrible. <laughs> it's just something it's wonderful. So and I love his the cast on that show and and they survived the, the death. The cast of- is the best cast on TV, it I think. Is. They're so amazing. Yeah. Uh, we worked with Kumail Nanjiani on a pilot, and he alone is just, like, amazing. And they're all like that. It's, it's an amazing show. And then we love Veep. I, I, I can't get enough of Veep either. It's just yeah, a show in which everyone abuses everyone constantly. <laughs> and then Mike Tyson Mysteries. I'm addicted to Mike oh, Tyson yeah. Mysteries.
6: That's a twist.
1: That's a I, can wa- a I can lie. watch lie. it
8: again and again. And <laughs> China, Illinois.
1: I don't even know what that you is. You don't know what Charles Illinois WGN? is? EGN.
8: Adult Swim. <laughs> oh. The guy. Somebody help me out with the name of. I'm just bl- blanking the name of the writer. Um, You're making this Brent up. Brad Neely. Oh. You might. Do you ever see the the short animated thing called Washington? Yes. That, oh my God! It's I his show. And it's non. It's that oh, that's nonstop. Great. <laughs>
1: It's rare that I find out about something on these panels. I'm so excited <laughs> to watch this. There's
8: But there's a ton He's of so great... Deep. I mean, Disney XD has a ton of great, interesting... Like, Pen Zero Part-Time Hero is a weird little show that has a lot wonderful voice artists. Yeah. Great stuff going on. There's a ton of great stuff out right now.
1: Absolutely. Mickey Fisher, what are you watching?
7: Uh, I, I'm a big genre fan a lot of the stuff uh, Game of Thrones of course and uh, I just own speaking of Disney XD I just jumped into Star Wars Rebels the new thing which I think is pretty awesome um, but I'm'm a, I'm a, I'm a comedy nerd too and I will complete the hat trick for another period I love it love it love it you guys, thank I think it's hilarious you. yeah you're welcome uh, Silicon Valley as well um, and I just finished uh, Sensate on the Netflix I, uh, Netflix I I've been in a Wachowskis binge, and uh, I thought it was really cool and kind of a beautiful work of art. Uh, Comics-wise, not a ton. I think the last things I bought were tied to shows and movies I love, like uh, the Twilight Zone. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski. How, how are those? I keep looking at them
1: because I love Twilight Zone. They're and super I love cool, J. Michael. Yeah. yeah,
7: they're very cool, and I think you could tell that he's got a real love for it and understanding nice. of what those what those shows meant and what they you know, like what made them. Uh, special, Um, and uh, the X-Files, you know, their season 10 comic run Um, yeah, and then I bought something here called Monsters vs. Zombies, which is like Frankenstein, Dracula, and Wolfman sounds a little high concept
9: (laughs) how could that ever happen?
7: (laughs) I will tell you it sold me on the art of uh, Frankenstein Uh, he's got a a shaved head he's kind of muscled up and he has a mechanical arm and uh, that looks (laughs) like they looked into my soul,
1: so I bought it (laughs) Aaron Ginsberg. Yes, that's all the time we have.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Another pair. What, what are you watching on TV? Um, well, uh, a lot of the shows people have mentioned. So I'll, I'll, the the few that I that weren't mentioned, I'll throw out. I'm. Enjoying Penny Dreadful. Right. I, I, Penny Dreads. I really like it. It's, like, so strange and campy and gross and awesome. I love it. Uh, and I always, uh, I'm never not watching the West Wing season one and two. <laughs> <Is> that, <not laughs> any, I'm, like, always watching it at all times, basically. Um, uh, in terms of comics, uh, I just finished the uh, Hawkeye, the, the, which is awesome. Mad Fractions Hawkeye. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mad Fractions. And then I'm uh, reading, a, this isn't a comic, but it's a fantasy book, uh, which I missed. And I, It's called The Blade Itself Trilogy by Joe Abercrombie, and it's, it is just spectacular. So I recommend that. So All right. Great answers. Please give a round of
1: applause to all of our panelists. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you. Thank this you. This is really Thank fun. We Good did job, yes.
9: <laughs> yeah. Now Thank you people you. in the
4: back. Thank yeah. <laughs> yeah.
9: <laughs> 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 Thanks, everybody, for coming.